this episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. And we're also brought to you by Game Time. Uh, Game Time tickets make the perfect holiday gift. Sign up at GameTime.co and use promo code CFBX for $20 off. GameTime.co, promo code CFBX. And welcome to the NBA Gambling Podcast. I'm your host today, Ryan, Rich Fat Baby. We're coming to you from the, uh, well, I'm coming to you from California. Scott's coming to you. I don't know where you're coming from, New Scott. Yeah, I'm where still do you, where do you live? So. You're still in New York. All right. It is Thursday, December 21st. Uh, this might be a little wonky today. I haven't hosted in a while. Scott hasn't hosted in a while. Uh, so we're going, I mean, we've been co-hosting, but not hosting. So today's going to be a little bit of wonky, but we're going to have all the inf- NBA information that you're going to need to bet tonight's games. It's going to be exciting. Scott, how you feeling? Yeah, doing pretty well. I mean, I feel like even though I could have potentially done the hosting when I started off with this show a couple of years ago, I used to always be your co-host. So I figured it would make more yeah. sense if we just kept that tradition going. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've, I'm I'm a little bit all over the place today, but we have a lot of great games. We have an eight game slate tonight. So that's going to be fun. Um, before we jump into it, anything from last night that you wanted to, to shout out? Any Any observations from last night's games? Uh, yeah, I think the main takeaways from last night's games, just quickly pulling up the card to make sure I don't forget anything. Uh, yeah, Utah is really, really bad. <laughs> Cleveland was benching basically half the team, and Utah still couldn't win. Embiid at 50 and change. Gobert and company had no answers for him. So Embiid's making that push for back-to-back MVPs, which he's already in the top three, basically four in odds, but Embiid keeps putting up massive numbers. We'll see what happens there. Uh, besides that, I've said it in the last episode I was on, but I'll say it again. Chicago Bulls without Zach Levine, pretty good. I'm not saying yeah. they're going to make the playoffs or anything. They still should trade a decent amount of the roster because there's no point. But I have to at least point out that the Bulls without Levine are still good, and they keep finding ways to win. So hopefully that continues, and um, that definitely leads to the conclusion that Levine is going to get traded as soon as possible. I'm assuming you agree yeah. on that? I 100% agree on that. I'm surprised it hasn't already happened, but I guess there aren't a lot of trades in December in general. I I was reading that uh, there's fewer trades in December than you would think, Um, but I don't know. Once maybe the new year passes, we'll we'll get him traded. Um, You know, what's your top destination for him? Uh, For Levine, (laughs) it tells you what I think of him as a player right now. Detroit. Maybe. Yeah. I, I feel like the, the Lakers are a potential candidate if they want to get rid of D'Angelo Russell. But the truth is, yeah. do I think that really changes that anything? Was, that was the one I was going to say. Is I, I think he makes the most sense on the Lakers getting rid of D'Angelo Russell. But also makes sense because he's from California, went to UCLA, so there is some type of like homecoming yeah. there. But you can make an argument that Levine and D'Lo are kind of the same style of player. I think Levine is a better scorer. I think he's just a better but, version of D'Lo. 
Yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying, though, is that I don't yeah. know if D'Lo's what the Lakers actually need on their current team. Because the issue I have with D'Lo and why he couldn't play in the Western Conference Finals was because he can't guard anybody. And Levine can't guard yeah. anybody either. So you're kind of looking at a spot where I think the Lakers, even though I do acknowledge that Levine's a better scorer than D'Lo, is the passing there? Not really. Is he going to defer? Probably not. He wants to shoot it every time he gets the ball. So I don't know if Levine actually changes anything with this Lakers team if they get him instead of D'Lo. Yeah, I mean, my only counter would be that he, he'll he take scoring burden off of LeBron, and LeBron can save his body more during the regular season. I don't know if it makes a lot of sense for the playoffs. Like, he's going to really step up and do much more than D'Lo did in the playoffs. But um, I don't know. It's interesting to maybe take some scoring burden off of LeBron during the regular season and you know, give him more time to rest. I kind of just mentioned Detroit just because of the fact that it would seem like Detroit would be a team that would be able to accept the salary, I'd say, yeah. uh, absorbing of his contract because Detroit, we know, has a bunch of former top 10 picks or first round picks, and basically none of them panned out, at least so far. It's a bad player development. We'll see what happens. But I think people are automatically penciling Levine in to go to the Lakers, but it would not shock me if Detroit potentially tried to get, I don't know, maybe some type of improvement improvements to the roster because the draft class isn't very good this upcoming year, and this team is yeah. beyond bad. So would it shock me if Levine went there for maybe some salary dump exchanges? Not really. I think that's a sneaky spot for him, but it tells you what to think about Levine because I don't think he's that much of a winning player. So, yeah. All right. Well, agree with you there. Let's jump into tonight's games, unless you have anything else to say about last night. Uh, the only other thing would be the late game, uh, the Kings. Uh, not not a great performance by them. Uh, gave up 144 no. points to a Celtics team on a back-to-back overtime game in the first ma- in the first day of the back-to-back. Tatum didn't play. Horford didn't play. He gave up 144 points. So I've criticized the Kings earlier this year. Uh, my complaints still hold. I don't think offensively they have enough shot creators on the roster, but defensively this team just doesn't guard anybody. And I feel you yeah. can kind of group three teams into the same category, the Hawks, the Pacers, and the Kings. I think the Hawks are the worst version, the Pacers are the middle, and the Kings are the best version. But all three of these teams are basically the exact same team. They go up tempo, they have an entertaining point guard who kind of controls the offense, and they can't guard anybody, and they're going to try to win yeah. games. So. I think the Kings, even though they're a fun story, like the beam, I get it. It's all fun and everything. But in the playoffs, I can't picture this team winning anything because they can't stop anybody from scoring. Yeah. Well, that's true. I mean, but we we saw how the Pacers, I mean, I know you're talking about the Kings, but the Pacers did step up their defense when it got to the in-season tournament. Is there any world where the Pace, the Kings could step up their defense at all during the playoffs? Uh. I mean, it's possible. We saw it last year at moments in the Warriors series, but when push came to shove, uh, the defense just didn't hold for the most part. But they had a great defensive game. I think it was game six in that series in Golden State before they got blown out in game seven at home. It's possible, but I still don't really like a decent amount of the Kings role players on that team. I like, mm-hmm. I lo- I'm a huge Malik Monk fan. So I think he's a very good role player. Of course, Fox is very good. Sabonis is very good. But in the playoffs, he does have some limitations. We saw it in that Golden State series. Sometimes he struggles to finish around the rim. 
doesn't exactly have much of a jump shot, so that can be an issue at times. But I do love those three guys with this core. The problem I have is the Kevin Herders and the Harrison Barnes and some of the guys yeah. who kind of turn invisible at times, and I don't think their defensive upside is, I'd say, good enough with the current form of this roster that they need to make some moves. And now there have been some rumors the Kings might go after Markkanen or somebody else like that to help with the scoring. And maybe, once again, that goes back to what I said about them needing another shot creator. Is Markkanen a good defensive player? No, I don't think he's ever been viewed as being a good defensive <laughs> player. So no, I feel like the not. Kings need to make multiple moves to improve the depth and the overall defensive identity of this team. And I get Mike Brown came from the Golden State background, and the offense is elite at times, like we know this. But you're in order to win playoff series, you're going to have to get some stops on occasion. And this team, as far as I'm concerned, just can't do that. Yeah. Agree with are you. Are you more Agree optimistic about their chances in the playoffs? or No, I'm no more optimistic than you. I was just playing. Uh, I was just advocate. curious if you thought, yeah, playing devil's advocate there for a little bit. But I, I, I don't have much more to say about that. Let's get into tonight's games. Uh, first up, we've got a big stinker. Uh, we've got the Jazz minus one versus the Pistons. We've got a, a total on this, a 235. Um, got uh, Monty Morris is out for the Pistons. Isaiah Stewart and Killian Hayes are both upgraded to probable. I'm seeing uh, Jordan still in the Clarks. Link. Good for him. Still in the link. Yeah, still yeah. somehow in the league. Somehow, yeah. Uh, Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson is out for the uh, for Utah. Uh, what do you got going for this game? What do you What are you thinking? So, if the Pistons can't win this game, they might reach 30 in the losing streak category. If you look at the yep. schedule, it's rough. Uh, now they play my Nets a couple of games in a row, so we'll see if the Nets could potentially push that losing streak to the brink of the record, but <laughs> I might actually have to take Detroit in this game. I wanted to get yeah. faith to Utah. I really did because I think this team is not good. I, did, I, did, I thought going into the year, they overachieved last year. I thought they'd be really bad, and I thought they would trade off a decent amount of the roster, but I thought last night, for example, I know they're bad on the road. Cleveland's benching the entire team. Like, they don't have anybody. Yeah. Garland's not playing. Mitchell's not playing. Mobley's not playing. You're like, okay, maybe they can find a way to win this game. They can't even find a way to win that game. Like, Sam Merrill kills them, has 20-something points, and you saw the Jazz kind of lose comfortably uh, in that game. Detroit's a really bad team. They're one of the worst teams I've ever seen. However, mm -hmm. you're looking at the spot. Detroit knows they're on the verge of a losing streak to set the all-time record. And Utah's on a back-to-back, -back, and they're a team in general that can't guard anybody and is really just not very good. And they're waiting to blow the entire roster up. Uh, I think that Sexton <laughs> might be too good for the tank. He might get traded, yeah. too. Markkinen's probably guaranteed to get traded unless they think they could sign him long-term. But it seems like Danny Ainge is fully committed to nuking the entire core. So we're going to see what happens there. But I'm going to lean to the Pistons here. I think the Pistons are a bad team. But they hung in there against Atlanta. This team can score. I know Kate at 40-plus last time out. If the Pistons aren't winning now, they might not win for another month. So I think that they're going to have to show up for this game. But maybe it's yeah. just the fact the line's so short. The team's lost 24 straight games, and the Jazz are only laying one. The public will be all over Utah, but there's a pretty good reason why I think the Pistons are such a cheap underdog price in this spot. I'm going to link to Detroit. I just think that this line's short for a reason. Utah's not very good. 
And if you're going to win a game sometime, this is probably the game you need to win. So I'm going to go with Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? You're talking me into it here. Uh, I mean, the, the Detroit, they have a, a record of 0 and 8 and have only averaged 107 points per game against Western Conference teams this season. Um, they've only covered two of their last 10 games, but they did cover their last game versus uh, the Hawks, like you mentioned. Um, uh, Detroit against the spread this season, 9, 17, and 1, but this is such a short spread that doesn't really come into play. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to lean with I'm going to lean with Detroit too. Why not? Well, let, let's let's bet Detroit. They got to win one of these games. At, oh, I'm not point. I'm not betting Detroit. I don't have that much courage. You ask no, me I'm just Detroit. leaning. I'm, I'm no leaning there. I'm not putting money on this either, but uh, I might yeah, be a DJ, but I'm not that much of a DJ. Like, if the Pistons lose this game, they might lose 30 in a row. So they're going to have to show up yeah. at some point. It's a home game. All I'm going to say is it's a good spot to snap this losing streak. Are they going to do it? We'll yeah. see. But it's a good spot to do it. Yeah. What are you thinking on this total right now? I'm seeing that uh, six of uh, the last tens Pistons games have gone over. They're a bottom five in defensive efficiency, uh, allowing 117 per uh, 100 possessions. Um, but they're, Detroit is a top five in pace and uh Utah is a bottom six defenses of efficiency. They're giving up a lot of points as well. 13th in pace. This feels like an over to me. Where are you going? Yeah, I'm going to go with the over as well. Uh, Utah and Detroit have been teams that you definitely want to take opposing team total overs against. And they're against yeah. each other. So that's going to result <laughs> in a lot of points uh, for this game. I got to lean over. I don't trust the defense here. Cade, maybe the scoring uh, continues and he drops a 30 piece or more than that. We'll see. But I do think that both these teams can exploit the defenses. So I am going to go with the over the pace will be there too. possession should be at a plenty in this game. Give me the over. What are you thinking about a player prop for this game? Uh, for player props, I'm going to start off with Colin Sexton, who's been very good since he joined the starting okay. lineup for Utah. I think he's still in line for a good game there. I want to take something related to Cade, because if I actually am picking the Pistons to snap their losing streak, they're going to need Cade to have a big game because I still don't think mm -hmm. that the rest of the roster is any good. So I think that Cade's in line for a pretty good game, maybe with PRA, maybe with points. That's probably worth a look. I'm trying to think of what else I want to go with for this game because there's not a lot of players that I think are extremely talented is the word I'll use uh, for these yeah, rosters. That's, but that's fair. I maybe wouldn't mind Olenek assists if you want to go for kind of a sneaky play uh, since Olenek has been a pretty good facilitator with this team. Sexton's mm -hmm. been a good scorer, but him and Horton Tucker mostly look to score for themselves. They don't really set up teammates. I don't mind Olenek maybe working with the bench unit there for assists as kind of a sneaky play. All right. I like that a lot. Um, I'm going to take a quick uh, break for a word from our sponsor, and we will be right back. Uh, we've got Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long. NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, and college football. Simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' stats and fantasy stats and cash in so watch along make your picks and maybe make a little cash over on underdogs mobile app or website underdogfantasy.com when you sign up with promo code sgpn underdog will double your first deposit up to 100 dollars. that's double their first deposit up to 100 dollars. so that's underdog fantasy promo code sgpn 
ESPN. All right, Scott, going over to our next game, we have the Pelicans minus one and a half versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. We're seeing a total of 228. A lot of people sitting or potentially sitting in this one. Valanciunas is questionable with an illness. Uh, Cody Zeller, questionable with an ankle. Zion, questionable with illness. Herbert Jones, questionable with illness illness larry nance is definitely out um donovan mitchell questionable with illness is that like a, a holdover from last night uh, i mean garland is out uh indefinitely with the jaw injury mobley is out indefinitely with the knee injury ricky rubio is out for a personal reason ah so many people out what are we thinking for this game scott uh out or potentially out great. Question. It's really tough when you don't know what the rosters are going to be, but Ingram's on the injury report. McCollum's on the injury report. I'm also not the biggest McCollum fan. It's been documented on the show. Uh, but I do think that New Orleans has more talent based on the current rosters. Not saying much. Cleveland, though, on a back to back. Maybe it's the spot where the Pelicans got embarrassed on national TV because they blew a 20 point lead or so to the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. They lost via buzzer beater in a game they probably should have won. But it's a the Pelicans are a psycho team. I've mentioned it a bunch on the show. I think I'm going to lean to New Orleans. I think it's a decent spot for them to get back on track, to be motivated after choking away that game on national television. There might be a pride thing. I think the Pelicans show up for this one. I don't expect Mitchell to play in this game. I don't expect anybody of uh, Cleveland's basically original starting lineup to play besides maybe a role player to Jared Allen, for example. But yeah. I think I'm going to lead to New Orleans. I don't feel great about it, but I do think their overall roster, based on the injury projection, is probably still better than this Cavs roster. And they've arrested Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that, yeah. Yes, yeah, so I'll, uh, I'll lead to New Orleans, but it feels like a preseason game. Yeah, it does, definitely. I mean, and these two teams, these they feel like a little bit like there are uh, doppelgangers of each other. One's the Eastern version of the Western team. I mean, these teams are uh, 19th and 20th in pace. They're uh, 9th and 11th in defensive efficiency. New Orleans is 13th in offensive efficiency. Cleveland is 18th in offensive efficiency. So they're, they're right around the same kind of numbers. But with all these injuries, it's really hard to predict. I'm also going towards... Uh, New Orleans, they've covered six of their last 10. Um, They went on a hot streak after losing back-to-back games to Utah at the end of December. And then, obviously, like you mentioned, they blew that horrible game to the Grizzlies, lost by two points. New Orleans is uh, 6-4-1 against the spread after a loss. So I'm also leaning towards uh, New Orleans. What are we thinking on this total, Scott? I think I'm going to lean to the under because I don't know who's playing for both teams. Like It's really tough. For me to take it over if I don't know where the firepower is coming from. Zion's questionable, which I think most people would tell you there's like a 70% chance he doesn't play if Zion's on the injury yeah. report and he's questionable. Uh, Mitchell might not play either. Now, the Cavs' offense did step up in the game uh, yesterday, but it's also because Utah can't guard anybody. So I think that even though New Orleans is a team that is extremely psycho, I do think they can hold the fort down defensively, at least occasionally. And I do think this is a spot for that against a team on a back-to-back. I'm going to lean under. It's like around 228, 229. That feels a bit high to me. I'm going to lean to the under. Yeah, I'm leaning under as well. Uh, What are we thinking for a player prop here? Uh, For a player prop, if Valanciunas doesn't play, I would be tempted by Jared Allen rebounds. 
The problem is Jared Allen, the season, just hasn't really rebounded the ball. And I don't know why Allen has kind of taken a step back stats-wise, but he's only averaging 8.3 rebounds per game. So I do think it's a decent spot for him if you think that Allen's in line for a double-double. But I'm going to ask you, how much, when you handicap some of these games, do you factor in the form they're in compared to the spot they're in? Because Allen, for whatever reason, has just underachieved on the boards this season. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was also looking at Allen based off of a Valentino is probably not playing. And, um, but it's just so hard to predict with, with all these potential injuries. Like it's hard for me to handicap this game based off of all the maybes on my play. But um, yeah, Allen has not been rebounding well this year. So I definitely take that into account, but you got to take this spot into account if Valanciunas isn't playing. And I would like his rebounds if Valanciunas isn't playing. If you want some role players, Sam Merrill threes, uh, if he's in the starting lineup again, we saw him have a very good game against the Jazz yesterday. Somebody's going to have to step up for this team, and it seemed like Merrill was willing to be the shot taker, especially from behind the arc in the game yesterday. So for me, I'll go with, if you want a random player prop, I don't mind Sam Merrill threes in that game. Oh, I like that. Definitely. Let's go with that. Anything else on this game or should we move on? Uh, not really. Uh, maybe Mitchell props if he plays. But once again, since New, Orleans, since New Orleans might be benching half the roster, there might be less motivation to actually play Mitchell in this game. So maybe Mitchell yeah. props if he does play, but I'm not going to spend too much time harping on a guy who might not even suit up for the game. So yeah. I'm not going to mention Zion props or whatever. I like Ingram points if nobody else on New Orleans is going to play. Somebody's going to have to yeah. shoot the ball. <laughs> so I think that Ingram's in one. Absolutely. All right, moving on to the San Antonio Spurs versus the Chicago Bulls. Bulls minus four points on this one. We've got a total of 236. Um, San Antonio were defeated by the Bulls on December 8th. I they see 228 were... for a total. You see 236? I saw 236. Where did I get that number? I thought um, I saw 228, I, I think. According to ESPN, uh, it's 228.5. Okay. I don't know. Maybe I, I messed up that number. Okay. It's 228. Um, sorry. I'm already really messing up on my hosting duties, Scott. Oh, good. I, I just wanted to make sure that I was looking at the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so these teams have already matched up once this year. Chicago won 121 to 112. That was on December 8th. Uh, the total on that game did go over. That was set at 224. So that would make sense that it's uh, uh, 228 now, not to 236. Like I had, Jeez, I don't know where I got that number. Uh, anyway, what do you got for this game? I'm going to go with Chicago. You can argue for scheduling spot. It is a decent spot for San Antonio because Chicago played yesterday. Beat the Lakers. The line movement in that game was very weird, but it worked out as the Bulls ended up burying the Lakers, especially in the second half of that game. It's a back-to-back. I get it, but the Bulls' record is so bad that they can't really afford to rest anybody on back-to-backs. So I do think Chicago's going to be going for it. The Spurs have lost 20 of their last 21 games. The Spurs should thank the Pistons every day for existing because nobody's talking about how bad the Spurs team is with Wemby. This team is insanely bad. And I know that San Antonio has some talent on the roster, kind of. We know Wemby's pretty good. Vassell's pretty good. Uh, Kelvin Johnson, I think, has some talent. But I can't back a team that's lost 20 of 21 games against a team that's actually in good form. The Bulls have been a good team. Beat Philly a couple days ago. Ended up beating. uh, They won their game yesterday. 
play against the Lakers. They've been in good form. Kobe White's been good. DeRozan's been good. I get the argument of the first meeting. San Antonio was actually winning by a decent amount in that game and blew Mm -hmm. the entire lead. So you can make an argument maybe San Antonio matches up relatively well against the Bulls, but based on current form, I can't back the Spurs. They've lost 20 of 21. Chicago's been in good form. They're better without Levine. Give me the Bulls and their newfound chemistry to get the job done here. I think they win by like yeah. nine. Yeah, so. I have that too. I I, I have the, the Bulls winning this one. Uh, Chicago are nine and one. As you said, nine and one uh, against the spread in their last 10 games. They're in great form right now. Um, definitely feels like the, the Bulls are going to pull this one out. I was wondering if I would maybe take the Bulls to win, but the Spurs to cover based off how close they had they kept it for most of the last game but i don't think it's uh, big enough I, to thread the needle like i that. i'm with you i'm with you there it's not a big enough spread um so i'm i'm liking the over on this game the total has gone over on six of seven of uh, chicago's last games the over is hit in five of san antonio's last six games definitely thinking the over here especially that it's lower than i thought it was uh 228 what are you thinking for this total I think if I'm going to lean to the over, it would be the Bulls team total over because the Spurs can't guard anybody. So I think that's how I'm going to yeah. look at it. But the Bulls without Levine have been a better defensive team. So can I see a world where the Spurs once again struggle offensively on the road? Yes, I can see that happening. So I'm going to lean over in the game, but I'm mostly going to lean to Bulls team total over because I have more faith in the Bulls defense based on current form than the Spurs defense based on current form. So give me the Bulls team total over in this game. Yeah. I like that. Um, I am going to go with a player prop right now. I'm going to go with DeMar DeRozan over 23 and a half points against his former team. Uh, he's gone over this in five of his last nine games. The Spurs are a bottom five team in defensive efficiency. Um, in the 27 uh, games he's appeared in this season, he's put up over 23 and a half points in 10 of them. So like DeMar DeRozan here going over 23 and a half points, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think DeRozan's been one for a good game. I actually think DeRozan assists might be a sneaky play in this one, but Kobe White's oh. been good with his PRA. I see that's being mentioned in the comment section. Kobe White's been kind of an autoplay uh, at this point, and he's cashed in, I believe, eight of the last 10. So I do like the over in that one. I, I do like Wemby rebounds if he does play in this game. It's going to be a relatively high number, but it is pretty warranted. His rebounding number is a 13.5, which might sound a bit scary. Mm-hmm. It's at basically even money. But for reference, in the first meeting against Chicago this season, he had 20 rebounds. So I do think he wow. can hold his own against, Valen- against uh, Vucevic and then some. But I do think looking at a spot where the Bulls might struggle with uh, Wemby's length in this one, at least on the boards. So 13.5 might sound like a high number, but once again, he had 20 in the first meeting. I'm going to lean to Wemby over. His double-doubles like minus six, 700. I think Wemby's going to basically pad his rebounding number since he's the starter, uh, starting center for this team. Give me Wemby over for boards. Wemby over for boards. Like that. Anything else in this game or should we move on? I thought about the sell points, but once again, I am kind of leaning to an under for, I, I don't want to say an under, but I don't like putting faith in the Spurs offense. I don't mind Kelton Johnson in this game. I feel like a lot of people are mm-hmm. going to be on Vassell, which makes sense because he's been in good form. I think Kelton's been good. I think Kelton's a pretty good player. He had a solid performance against the Bucks. He goes to the rim. I think he might have a pretty good game. 
I feel like Vucevic offensively with his points can be an under candidate, which is kind of a sneaky look. Oh, I just I like wonder that. how he's going to look against Wemby since Wemby has the length to really make life difficult for Vucevic to actually get shots over him. I think Vucevic might be in line for a decent rebounding game, but for points, I do think he might struggle in this spot. I'm just quickly pulling up uh, Vucevic's numbers in the first meeting this season. Because if I'm not mistaken, I believe he really didn't do that well when it came to scoring in the first meeting. Uh, Vucevic in the first meeting went 9 for 22, had 21 points. So he had over 20, but that was a bunch of volume attached to it, and the percentage wasn't very good. So if you think that Vucevic takes a step back in terms of attempts, I do question how effective he's going to be. An under for Vucevic might be a sneaky play. Like that, like that. Okay, we're going to take a, another break from a word from our sponsor and be right back. Game time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget about planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference it's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason so snag the tickets without the stress with game time game time tickets make the perfect holiday gift so download the game time app create an account and use the code cfbx for 20 percent off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code cfbx for twenty dollars off Dame, download the game time app today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed and we're also brought to you by hall of fame bets win bigger by betting smarter this nfl and nba season with hall of fame bets the sports betting analytics platform for parlays player props and game lines research every nfl nba and soccer bet with historical stats and data so stop betting in the dark and join over thirty thousand users researching with hall of fame bets to craft more intelligent data-driven parlays download the hall of fame bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code sgpn to get 50 percent off your first month today start researching and start winning with hall of fame bets right now all right we are back uh going to our fourth game of the night we've got the pacers indiana pacers versus grizzlies grizzlies uh minus two wait i, I, I got that wrong what, what, what's the line on this game uh, i saw mostly around like four four and a half that's what i was like yeah and uh, I'm seeing a total of two. Oh, sorry, no, it is, it is down to two and a half. It was four and a half. Now it's down to two and a half. What is going on? Are, is it because uh, multiple people are sitting or what? Well, Jerusalem's have been banged up for a while, but it could just be an argument of, well, maybe the Pacers are just a more talented team. Uh, I feel like yeah. the Grizzlies, uh, I don't, I don't want to fully just jump into the handicap because I know you're going to read off the injury yeah. report, but Marcus Smart might be returning. Uh, which doesn't really explain why the line would move in favor of Indiana. And the main argument is the Grizzlies are still a 7-19 and team. Now, they are better with Ja. They were pretty fortunate to win that New Orleans game. But Indiana is a playoff team right now, so it does seem like it's a spot where the Grizzlies were getting Ja back for the first home game, and maybe the markets initially overpriced the Grizzlies because of it. Maybe. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think that's what you're saying. I, I, I'm seeing, I mean, we know Steven Adams is out for this season. I'm still seeing Marcus Smart as being listed as out, but you saying that he might come back this game? Uh, yes, I see reports that he's doubtful, but doubtful does sound like an improvement over out. Uh, he was yeah. practicing in scrimmages recently, so he might be available, but it seems like he's probably going to miss, and he might play out over the weekend but he has been progressing, so there's a slim chance he comes back and plays today. All right. We have Derek Rose out as well. Luke Kennard out as well. Brandon Clark out. We know they, they've been out for a little while. Um, and we've got uh, the Pacers. I'm not seeing anybody big out for the Pacers yet. Are you? No. Uh, they played yesterday, so there maybe is, is going to be a last-second scratch. But yeah, no, uh, I see a relatively clean injury report. I know Turner was questionable yesterday. He played. So the only person who's questionable is Nemhard, who hasn't played in like a week or two, who got injured in the semifinals of the in-season yeah. tournament. So, yeah. no, I think Indiana is basically healthy. Yeah, so as you mentioned, Pacers are on a back-to-back. They beat uh, Charlotte 144-113 to last night. Before that, they looked like they were reeling a little bit after the uh, in-season tournament uh, finals loss. They lost four straight, uh, only covered once in six games. They covered last night, so it's been uh, twice in seven games so far. Um, this is the first time these two teams have played this season. The Pacers, uh, oddly enough, haven't beat the Grizzlies in two seasons, but uh, these are two very different teams than those teams that have played the last two seasons. So uh, what do you handicap in this game as? Yeah, in the Pacers' defense, the Grizzlies used to be good uh, for the last two years. Yeah, so it's a exactly. But it's a great spot if you want to go for the Grizzlies at home at a relatively cheap number. However, I still don't think this team is very good. Now, Jaw's going to help this team scoring-wise because I don't think that Bain is a number one. I don't think Jaron Jackson's a number one. And we saw Jaw become the closer again in that fourth quarter against the Pelicans. Do I like the supporting cast? Not really. I think the roster itself is fine. With Jaw, they're potentially... If they started the entire season with Jaw, assuming the suspension didn't happen, they might be a play-in team. Maybe, maybe like a five mm-hmm. or a six seed. I was never high on this team. I'm not a big Marcus Smart guy, but in general, they still have a lot of injuries to some guys who would be normal rotation players. And I do think that Indiana is the better team on paper. Now, I can't account for the scheduling spot for Indiana because it's a back-to-back with travel. And you're looking at Memphis having their first home game for Morant in basically eight months. So it's a great spot for Ja and the Grizzlies emotionally to have a big performance, which is why you do see Memphis being favored in the spot. Am I shocked money came in on Indiana? No, because I think Indiana is the better team based on what we've seen so far. It's really tricky to not immediately overreact to the Grizzlies, who've played one game with John Morant, and they were down by basically 20 in the first half. So it's a spot where I do think the Grizzlies are probably going to win this game. Uh, I think that they're going to end up getting a big performance from Ja. Indiana, we know can't guard anybody. My favorite play in this game is going to be Ja points. I, I, I took the over last night at 28 and a half. He had 34 in his first yeah. game against the Pelicans. I think he's in line for a massive game because Indiana can't protect the paint. They give up the most free throw attempts per game. That's what Ja wants to do. He wants to get to the rim. He's going to force contact and potentially get to the line 10 plus times. So I am going to lean to the uh, Grizzlies in the spot at home. They're 1 and 11 at home. They're not this bad. Like, I do think that they're going to be improving with Ja back in the lineup. 
Maybe I'm just skeptical of Indiana because I know defensively this team brings nothing to the table. The Kings are a much better defensive team than the, than the Pacers, which tells you uh, my thoughts on the Pacers' defense. But yeah. I'm going to lean to the Grizzlies. I like the over in this game. I see a track meet. Uh, we saw last year the Grizzlies ranked, I think it was eighth in pace. This year they've been a lot slower because they don't have jaw. So they were playing a lot slower. They're going to open up a bit more yeah. because we know Jaw's a one-man fast break. The over is my favorite play, but I am an only to Memphis. I think it's a very good emotional spot for a bad team to show to kind of show out at home a bit against a team on a back-to-back. Give me the Grizzlies in the over. Yeah, as you mentioned, uh, Indiana is back on a back-to-back. They are one and three against the spread on back-to-backs this season. Um, I'm leaning towards the Grizzlies as well with Ja. I think he's going to pick up the pace. Um, Although, are you worried that, like, if Memphis tries to play at a faster pace, Indiana might just run them off the floor because they've been doing that all season? Uh, I feel like, once again, the argument is Indiana's had an issue running anybody off the floor because they still allow a bunch of free baskets on the other end. The thing is, do I think Memphis is voluntarily going to slow the pace when Ja wants to be in the fast break, wants to be on the fast break anyway? Probably not. I think they just tell Ja, enjoy, have some fun. We're at home again. I think they're going to show out. So I do think maybe in the fourth quarter of the game, they're going to try to slow it down. I don't think Indiana's a bad half-court offense. They're just better in transition. But that's kind of why I like the over. I just expect the Grizzlies to play faster. I think the Pacers are going to obviously love to play fast. And I think you're going to see a track meet. So maybe at moments in crunch time, you're going to see Memphis slow the pace. But for the most part, no. I see a pretty free-flowing game where both teams shoot the ball quickly, a lot of opportunities in transition, and a bunch of massive stat lines. So I'm going to lean to the over. Yeah, I'm leaning towards the over as well. Uh, Ten of Indiana's last 14 games on the road have gone over. Now, Memphis, uh, ten of their last 14 games have gone under, but as you mentioned, that was before they got uh, Jaw back and he's going to pick up the pace. So I'm going over. I'm leaning towards Grizzlies as well. What did we, you already mentioned uh, Ja for points. Uh, that's the uh, player prop I had down as well. What do you have? Any other player props for this game before we move on? I thought about maybe taking Ja. I thought about triple-double if you want to go for the insane uh, Matt, the insane Ooh, game, but the price is too fun. cheap. price is too cheap, though. It was like 10 to 1. And he's played one game in eight months. Like 10 to yeah. 1 is a bit cheap. That should be a lot higher. But uh, when you play the Pacers and the totals that high, the number is going to be inflated. Halliburton assist is kind of an auto play at this point because he's just getting basically 12 or 13 every game. I don't mind Halliburton under for points. He's been injured recently. He really doesn't shoot the ball that much. And I actually took an under for Halliburton points against the Lakers in that uh, in season tournament final. He's very selfless which is a good quality to have. But he doesn't go to the foul line. He doesn't really attack the rim. He mostly shoots a bunch of threes. And if your points prop is in the 20s and you really don't do much to actually get some free points at the free throw line, it's Mm -hmm. very difficult to get to a decent point total if you're relying solely on three-pointers. So I do think it's a spot where Halliburton, once again, maybe finishes with like 18 and 15. But I do think his point total, based on recent form and the injury that he's probably playing through at this point in time, it's a little bit high. I'm going to lean to the under on Halliburton points. 
Uh, under on Halliburton points, over on Jaws points. It's not going to touch the Jaw triple double because it's priced. Uh, yeah, it's, it's priced crazy. Uh, anything else? I see Jaws up moving to forty on? and a half points already. So that that line's been absolutely steamed uh, overnight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, moving on to the Orlando Magic versus the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm seeing Bucks minus seven. I'm seeing that number at 236. Is that, did I have copied that number wrong? Are you seeing that? Uh, yes, I see that at 236. Okay, I must have copied that on the wrong game when I was doing that earlier. Seeing uh, Joe Ingles is questionable. Uh, Markel Fultz downgraded to out. Jalen Suggs is questionable. Um, and for Milwaukee, I'm seeing uh, Jay Crowder out and Giannis is questionable with a foot injury. Um, what is going on with this game? For me, I, on the overnight, I lean to Milwaukee because I think Orlando is a team that I was a fan of and I think they still can win the division. But every now and then you see a team that you had decent expectations for. They overachieved those expectations, and you're kind of waiting for them to fall back down to earth. It does mm-hmm. seem like Orlando is starting a little bit of a downswing. Having said that, Giannis is questionable. This team defensively is a mess. Uh, Milwaukee is. So I'm going to lean to Orlando. I like Milwaukee if Giannis plays, but I can't really just in- – I can't take Milwaukee without knowing for sure if Giannis is going to suit up. And I know Giannis had a pretty quiet scoring game against San Antonio. He had a monster triple-double in terms of rebounds and assists. Orlando's a team that's very good defensively. I know Lillard's been in great form, but Orlando has a lot of length at the guard position to throw at Lillard and to give him different looks. I do acknowledge that Bobby Portis and company are still solid backup options for a makeshift Mm -hmm. start if Giannis misses, but I don't think Giannis is going to play. I think it's pretty telling that Giannis on the injury report already. It seemed like he was pretty passive in that Spurs game. So I think I am going to lean to the magic in this game. Getting seven is mostly an injury play with Giannis probably, in my opinion, being out of the lineup because he jumped on the injury report this morning. And I do think it's a decent spot to potentially sit him. I'm going to lean Orlando getting seven, most because of injury and the fact that Milwaukee really doesn't guard anybody. Yeah, I'm leaning Orlando as well. Uh, Orlando did beat the Bucks in on November 11th, 112 to 97. Orlando hasn't been as good as late. They're only two and six against the spread in their last eight games. But I'm with you. Like if uh, Giannis is already popping up on the injury report, then I'm thinking that uh, he's going to sit and I'm going to uh, and the Bucks have been good. In December, seven and one, but without Giannis, they're not the same team. So I'm gonna lean towards Magic plus the points as well. Grab that now, because if uh, if Giannis definitely sits, I would say that, uh, that 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 number might come down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's probably gonna move to maybe four or five. I think it's already priced yeah. into some degree because I saw it open up a yeah. seven and a half. Now it's down to seven. So it does seem like some markets are already anticipating a potential sitting from Giannis, but the line's not in my opinion, baked in the injury enough. I think it needs to bake it in a bit more. So I think this line probably closes at five, give or take. So yeah. I'll lean Orlando now and maybe get some CLV. There you go. Um, I, where are we thinking with this total? This is a high total, but uh, let's see. The Orlando's uh, last 10, 10 and 14 games have gone over. Uh, Milwaukee's five of five games have gone over in the last five. Uh, what are you thinking for this total? I'm looking at the over here. I think 
think I'm actually going to lean under. The first meeting was an absolute rock fight. Orlando won 112 to 97. And if Giannis is not going to play, I do think Orlando's got the, I'd say, defensive intensity to make Milwaukee struggle. If they force Lillard into even a mediocre shooting night, I just have some questions about how the rest of the team's going to step up. They have talent. Middleton's been pretty good as the third option this season. We've seen Lopez have some decent games. Portis has had some decent games. But Giannis at 35 in the first meeting against Orlando, and they still only scored 97 points. I think I'm going to lean under. 236.5 just seems a bit too high for me. Orlando's a team that really doesn't like to play at that much tempo. They tend to play in the half court. They try to limit the opponent in transition. I'm going to lean under, and this number is just a bit too high. All right. That makes sense. Uh, anything else for this game, or should we move on to, I think, maybe the game of the night? Yeah, we can move on. Uh, moving on to the L.A. Clippers versus the OKC Thunder. I'm seeing the Thunder minus four. Uh, what is the total you're seeing on this right now? Uh, right now, I see a total of about 236. Yeah. All right. I was just making sure I didn't copy down the wrong one again because it's uh, the same way as what it was on the last game. Uh, I'm seeing Paul George is questionable due to illness. Uh, Mason Plumley is out. Uh, Bones Highland is questionable with a uh, knee injury. Uh, I'm not seeing anybody big out for the Thunder. These two teams haven't played yet this season, but they are both red hot. Uh, Clippers 5-0 and against the spread in their last five games. Uh, what are you thinking, Scott, on this game? I'm really excited to watch. So I had a YouTube play on the Clippers last night, or I should say two nights ago, because uh, I gave them out against the Mavericks. They got it done. Uh, they blew a 22-point lead, but they held on to win in the end. But the yeah. Clippers have been the hottest team in the league. They've won, I believe it's nine straight at this point. They've mm-hmm. been really, really solid, and they look extremely comfortable with each other. Now, I do think it's a bad scheduling spot. You had a physical game against Dallas, and now you're traveling to OKC. OKC is a team that plays very up-tempo. They play a bit of small ball with Chet at the center. And I do think that can give some problems to the Clippers because I do think that the Clippers defensively have looked better than I anticipated with Harden and Westbrook and company. But Paul George is battling an illness. We'll see if he plays or not. I saw Kawhi take a bit of a spill in the fourth quarter of that Mavericks game yesterday. Mm-hmm. It would not shock me if Kawhi was a late scratch. It, for yeah. me, I think it would actually make some sense in this game if Paul George played on the back-to-back, and they sat quiet. They just swapped the two of them. It wouldn't totally shock me if that was the approach the Clippers have had. I'm going to give the Clippers props, though, because A, they've looked really good with Harden over the last couple of weeks. B, they really haven't load-managed anybody. They've been pretty solid at consistently playing players, and I do think it's a decent rest spot for Kwai since he did take that spill that he had late in that game. Didn't seem to impact him that much, but he was on the ground for like 20 seconds or so kind of rolling on the floor. So it wouldn't shock me if they gave him a bit of a rest in this spot. I'm going to lean to OKC, though. I love the over in this game. I see a lot of points because the Clippers' offense has been lethal over the last week and change. But I do think it's a bad spot for the Clippers. I think you're going to see them potentially have some tired legs in the second half. But I do think, once again, the Clippers are a very good team. I think they're going to play with the injury report a little bit closer to game time. And I think it's pretty telling the Thunder are laying four against a team that's won nine straight. So I'm going to lean to the Thunder in the spot. I love the over in this game. 
Chet points. Uh, I don't mind Chet rebounds, maybe Chet blocks in this game. But I do think that the Thunder are in a pretty good spot to win this game. I'm going to lean Thunder, but I'm also going to lean to the over. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Clippers are red hot, but OKC have been red hot as well. 14-5-1 against the spread in their last 20 games. They're actually the best team in the league right now uh, against the spread, 17-7-1 uh, on the season. Um I'm with you. I like OKC here at home, minus the four, especially with uh, the Clippers on a back-to-back. Um, I, I I do think that OKC gets it done here. Uh, and I like the over to go over as well. Yeah, like I, I do think that uh, it could be a good up-tempo game. Um, both, both offenses have been lethal, scoring a lot of points. Uh, what are you thinking on player props here? So, blindly, Shea points. If I like an over and I'm picking OKC to win, that means Shea's in line for maybe 35 or 40. He is against his former team, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, but I do think that Shea's going to have a massive game. I see a comment talking about Chet blocks at two and a half. I actually like that quite a bit. I, I think Chet's in line for a pretty good block game here. Harden, we know, can take some step-back threes, but he's also not afraid to attack the rim. Kind of the same with all the star players on the Clippers. They can shoot jumpers. But they do like to attack the rim. Westbrook, we know, is not afraid of questionably challenging opposing big men and maybe getting a shot punted on occasion. I don't mind Chet blocks. We've seen him have massive block games recently. It does seem like a spot where Chet can have a solid imprint on this game defensively. I'm going to look for job block. Uh, sorry, not Ja. I'm going to look for Chet blocks. I think that Harden assist could be worth a look in this game as well. Uh, he's been very good at facilitating. They've let him really take control of the basketball, and it's worked out for them because James, I am the system, Harden, has actually been uh, resulting yeah. in some wins. But I am going to link to Harden assist in this spot because I'm picking a high-scoring game. Uh, Harden's been very possessive of the basketball recently, and it's worked out well. Give me Harden assist in this game. Yeah, I do like that check blocks one. I bet him the other night... Uh, over three and a half uh, blocks and steals at even money. And that was a nice little, because at uh, two and a half blocks, it was like the juice was really high. Um, Nothing gave me at seven blocks or that was a different game. That was the same game. Yeah. And so uh, you might want to look at blocks and steals uh, just to see if you can get a better number, just because I know they're putting a lot of juice on his blocks right now. Um, I'm liking also uh, Josh Giddy over 10 and a half points. Um, that is uh, a point and a half less than his season average. And through 25 games uh, this season, he's had that on 12 occasions. Uh, since we're, we're picking a uh, high-scoring game, why not pick a guy who has uh, a pretty low total on points and uh, for him to get over? Josh Giddy over 10 and a half points. How do you feel about that? Yeah, Giddy's kind of an interesting player because I still don't think his shot is as good as it needs to be for him to be a serious, serious contributor on this team. He's had a couple triple-doubles in the past. This year, he's been a bit quiet, at least on the court. I'll, I'll specify that. But still, I do think you're looking at uh, Giddy having a decent spot to maybe take advantage of some lackluster coverages. Teams mm -hmm. have kind of sagged off at him. They're giving him the Rondo treatment from three uh, back when he was with Boston back in the day. If he can knock down a couple threes, I think he'll go over. But I do think that Giddy is not the greatest offensive player in terms of scoring. But it is a low line. So I do understand. That's why the line is that low. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I, I get it. It's a pretty good buy low spot in what should be a high scoring game. 
Uh, but I know Giddy, you might be able to tell if this caches or not, depending on how his first two or three three pointers look in this game. Yeah, that's fair. By the All way, right. I want to quickly uh, uh, read off the Chet blocks sure. in the last couple of games. You know, the last two games that Chet has played in, he's had 15 blocks in the oh last two gosh. games. It's seven blocks that's and eight insane. blocks in the last two games. I'll take the over two and a half. Yeah, that's fair. But like you said, you might get a better number if it's uh, blocks and seals bumps up to three and a half, and uh, you might get uh, you might get better odds on that. Yeah, let me just quickly see what the blocks and steals are together. Uh, the blocks and steals together are three and a half at plus one twenty four. Yeah, there you go. There's not many what do you think steals, about that? It, it seems like it's mostly blocks. He might go over anyway. But looking at the last couple of games, he's had only two steals in the last five games. So yeah. he's been more block heavy, but still. 15 yeah. blocks in two uh, games is block. That's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, all right. Uh, moving on, we have the LA Lakers versus Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, seeing Timberwolves favored by six, seeing a total of 224 and a half. The big uh, news here is that Anthony Davis was injured last game and is questionable tonight with an ankle soreness. Um, Anthony Davis where, got injured? I'm, I'm shocked. Yeah. Can you believe it? That I, is, a, uh, no, I, I can't. A know? news breaking props, of though. the century. Jokes aside, he's actually played in a lot of games this year, but still, yeah. I'm not shocked any time. Yes, he and he's been it. playing well, too. So, yeah. uh, We're what are you a little what, fun at it based on reputation. Yeah, of course. Uh, what are you thinking about for this game? Uh, for this one, it's a spot where both teams are on back-to-back. So you can argue that the Lakers will be motivated after uh, getting kind of killed by Chicago last time out. But the Lakers are a bad road team. I, I said this in like the first couple weeks of the season. They're five and ten straight up at uh, there's five and ten straight up on the road. Like I, I just think that this team they're fifteen and thirteen. Yes, I know they won the in season tournament. Congratulations, I guess. You look at the teams they played in the tournament. By the way, they really didn't beat any elite teams at all throughout the course of that run. It was a pretty easy group stage. They were fortunate to get matched up against the Pelicans in the in the. Uh, was it the quarters of the semis? I'm trying to remember when they face off against the Pelicans, but they had a pretty yeah, easy path. The but, semis, yeah, it was the semis, I think. They had a pretty, yeah, semis, easy path. That's kind of my point. They played the Pacers in the final, so I'm not going to overreact to that title, but still, the Lakers, I think, are an overrated team. We talked before about them trading potentially for Levine, they got to trade for something. I don't know what that thing is, but this current roster is not good enough, in my opinion. And now AD might be sitting, we'll see what happens, but. They're only 15 and 13. It feels like they're yeah. a lot better than that, but they're not. Like I think they're a mediocre team. I think that they're going to make the playoffs. Are they better than a five seed? I don't know if they are. Like They might be a play-in team again. We'll see what happens, but I'm going to lean to Minnesota. Minnesota got Embiid last night, and I tried to say Embiid as a verb. Embiided? However you want to put that, Embiided. but it was, yeah. it was a bloodbath. Uh, everyone was in foul trouble the entire game. I believe Gobert... Towns and Reed each had two fouls in the first quarter. Uh, and beat at 18 yep. free throw attempts, get 50 plus points. It was just a pretty ugly game that the refs kind of took control of early. And as a result, Gobert was barely on the floor. I'm not sure if it would have mattered because Maxi was great too. But it's a pretty good spot for Minnesota to get back on track after struggling in the game because of foul trouble against the Sixers. Maybe you might think I'm overreacting. Are the Lakers like a good basketball team? I think they're fine, 
But Minnesota thinks the better team. I think they're a good basketball team, but I definitely agree with you that Minnesota is the better team. The Lakers 0-5 against the spread in their last five games, whereas Minnesota 4-2 against the spread in their last six games. Um, I... I like Minnesota, too, at home, especially if Anthony Davis uh, is banged up. This might be a good spot for him to sit and get right on that the ankle injury because you, if I was the Lakers, I wouldn't want that looming all season. Yeah, and you can argue that it's a back-to-back with LeBron, so he's older. He hasn't shown any signs of slowing down, but still, I do wonder if you're looking at a spot where LeBron is going to be a bit passive. Maybe we'll see them look a little bit flat with travel from Chicago to Minnesota. So it's not the greatest scheduling spot as well for the Lakers. I think I'm going to lean Minnesota. They just have so much defensive length and versatility compared to the Lakers that I do think they can't really stop LeBron. They can slow him down to some degree. They'll have McDaniels Mm -hmm. on him. Maybe Edwards will guard him on occasion. They can give the Lakers different looks. I don't know if the Lakers have that. I think the Lakers defensively are a pretty good team, but offensively, I think the supporting cast is fine. I think Reeves has taken a step back. Hachimura has been kind of quiet this season. You know my thoughts on D'Lo. He's going to have some yeah. good games, but I'm not the biggest D'Lo guy. I think the Lakers need to make some moves, and I think that this current roster is not good enough. So I'm going to lean to Minnesota at home. I'm leaning in Minnesota as well. What are we thinking for this total, 224.5? Which way are you leaning? I think I'm going to lean under. I just see a back-to-back where both teams can play physical yeah. defense. It's tricky, though, without knowing for certain if AD is going to play. Because AD, we know, defensively is a game wrecker. But I think Gobert can protect the paint well. AD, you can argue, if he does play, helps out the under. But I do think that the Lakers on back-to-backs might have some tired legs attached to it. I'm going to lean under. This defense, a very good, probably the best defense in the league, got torched yesterday by Embiid and Maxi. I see a prideful defensive showing at home in this game. I think the Timberwolves kind of put the clamps down, to be honest. I like the under in this game. Yeah, I like the under as well. And if Anthony Davis doesn't play, I'm looking at uh, Cat point prop, 21 and a half points. Uh, He's gone over this in uh, half the games this season uh, that he's played. So if AD doesn't play like Cat to go ahead and go over that. You have a player prop you're looking at? Uh, For player props, I think that Edwards, anytime you're assuming uh, Edwards has a matchup against a star player, a chance to, at least in his mind, prove he's the best player in the league, and he's going up against LeBron, I'm kind of automatically tempted by Edwards props, especially if AD's not going to be in the lineup because the rim protection is going to be an issue. If AD doesn't play, I think I have to like LeBron rebounds. In this game, we've seen LeBron have some massive rebounding games this season. Maybe some stat padding involved. I'm not going to criticize him for it. The player props cash the same. But if AD is not going to be there to hog 15 rebounds, that's a lot of opportunity. I do think that LeBron rebounds is worth consideration. All right. Like that, like that. Uh, all right, moving on to our last game of the night, the eighth game of the night. And I don't even really care about this game at all, but we have to do it because we do every game. We've got the Washington Wizards versus the Portland Trailblazers. Trailblazers minus three and a half. I'm seeing a total 241. Um, only player I'm seeing out, uh, Shaden Sharp, is downgraded out Thursday with a groin injury. By the um, way, uh, we, have, we have a sound effect for this game. There you go. 
I don't even know how much we want to talk about this game. We can move on. And, uh, it's a fun game. If you want to go for some player props, totals like 240. It's a fun game to bet on if you want to go. What, for do, what do you got, Scott? Handicap this game, but let's do it fast. All right. I'm going to lean to Portland. Uh, I think Portland is a bad team, but they've been playing better lately. They had a nice comeback win against the Suns. Uh, they got healthier. We saw Brogdon come back. We've seen Sharps questionable, but we saw Jeremy Grant come back. Uh, we've seen Simons have a pretty good showing recently. He's a chucker, but he's been pretty good uh, recently. New, uh, the Wizards are the Wizards. Like We know what this team is. Yeah. They've been healthy all year, and they still suck. At least Portland had some injuries attached to it, so they had some excuses. But Portland's playing better. Scoot Henderson's been pretty good recently with assists. Yeah, He's had a rough start like for his rookie season, but he's kind of played better. I mean, he's I'm starting to Portland. come around, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to lead to Portland. I'm leaving the again, Portland as well, yeah. They're not a good team, but they're playing a lot better than the record indicates. Four and a half is pretty cheap against a Wizards team that is two and 14 straight up on the road. I'll go ahead and take the Trailblazers in this game. Yep, I like that. I'm going to take them as well. You got any player props you like? <laughs> it's a lot of overs for this game because I don't trust either team to stop anybody. Aiden rebounds is tempting, but I don't trust Aiden to ever rebound to basketball. So I can't do that. I know as a former Suns fan, you'd agree with that. Uh, yes, that is absolutely true. Yeah, so I know that you would definitely not be interested in Nathan Prop. I do think if I'm looking for points, Simons has to be the first guy that I look towards uh, because Simons has been a, to be honest, he's a chucker. Uh, there are a lot of yeah. chuckers in the league. He's pretty good at scoring, but he does take a lot of shots. So at 26 and a half, I am kind of tempted by the over there. The Wizards are not a good team at defending the three ball. So I do think that Simons threes can be worth a look. But I actually don't mind Scoot Henderson assists in this game, especially based on the usage he's gotten recently. If he's not available, maybe Brogdon assists, but I think there's going to be a lot of points scored for Portland in this game. I don't mind Simons or Grant, but I do think that assists for Scoot, maybe a double-double is kind of a sneaky look. Yeah, I like that. Uh, all right, those all sound good. Let's go to our uh, lock and dog give me your lock give me your dog what do you got today all right uh, so for my lock on the show the truth is i am pretty tempted by that chet blocks play at two and a half the question That's is do i want to actually yeah. take it as a lock 15 blocks in the last two games is absolutely wild for a two and a half number at plus 105 i feel like he's gotta really come back there. down to earth at some point though i mean that is insane i, I know but he the point is he can't he can cut that number in half and he still goes over he just yeah. needs. I mean, he just needs three. I, I am tempted by the Bulls, but that line has moved a bit more than I wanted it to. It was three and a half overnight. Now it's mostly at like five or five and a half. I'm not sure I can take that, so I'm not going to bother. I think I am going to do it. I'm going to take a spin here. Give me Chet over two and a half blocks. The number just seems too low to me. I do think that Harden and company are still going to attack the rim, and I do think that Chet can patrol the rim, uh, patrol the paint, and do a pretty good job of rim protection. So I'm going to go with the obscure player prop angle, which has done pretty well for me. A couple days ago, I did take Derek White under an assist. That got there. Player props have done well for me. I'm going to go with Chet over two and a half blocks at plus 105. Gone over in four of the last five. Gone over in seven of the last ten. It's a good spot, in my opinion. So give me the Chet over two and a half blocks at plus 105 as my lock. For my dog, a couple of potential options for player props. I'm just wondering which angle I want to take. 
for this game for this uh slate. Do I think Orlando can win? Like maybe, but eh, I don't I don't know if there's much I really like. I think for this one, I'm going to go with a player prop once again. I think I am going to go with Wemby 15 plus rebounds in this game. Uh you had 20 in the wow. first meeting. I do think that it's a pretty big number, but I think it makes sense based on the Bulls not really being a great rebounding team. But if you're going to put up, for example, 20 rebounds in the first meeting and you've been a pretty solid rebounding center since you took over the starting center position, I do think his rebounding number might be a little bit short. It's The only problem is it's at plus 115, and I'm wondering if that's a big enough dog price for me to actually take it with. What do you think? Do you think plus 115 is big enough, or do you think I should go elsewhere? I think that's big enough if that's what you want. Okay. Uh I'll go with Wemby for I'll go with Wemby over 14 and a half rebounds. All right. Great. Uh for my lock, I am going to take Minnesota versus the Lakers minus six. I, I like Minnesota a lot here. I think they're gonna be a prideful bounce back team for this. They've been one of the best teams in the league so far, and uh, the Lakers, I think, are more a little more fraudulent, like Scott said, so uh, especially with Anthony Davis probably uh, sitting out, and uh, who knows, if it's a back-to-back, maybe LeBron too, but I think the uh, Timberwolves minus six, and then for my dog, I'm going to go ahead and go with it. You mentioned them, but then decided not to take it. I'm going to take the Magic to win outright versus the Bucks. Uh, what you know? What uh, price you have that magic line at for the best price? Uh, I I see about two twenty five. Is that cool with you? Me. By the way, I think I me. actually am going to pivot from the Wemby rebounds. I still like plus one fifteen. I know Terrell would be laughing at me for giving out a price that was too cheap. I'm going to go with blocks again. Let's have some fun with this. <laughs> Give me an alt blocks on Wemby. I'll take the over three and a half. His lines at two and a half. I definitely still love the over on that. Uh, but Wemby had four blocks in the first meeting. He's had at least four blocks in four of his last five games. He's had at least four blocks. Well, let me just do the math here. In six of his last eight games, it's going to be a really nice plus price. I'll take Wemby over three and a half blocks as my dog instead. All right. I like that a lot. Uh, would you want to go ahead and build a uh, underdog parlay sure. today? Or I'm not supposed to say parlay. An underdog uh, submission today? Yeah, you want uh, me to pull up underdog, or you have it in front? Yeah, of you? do you mind uh, pulling it up? I'm having trouble with my. I gotta remember if I still have the app or not on my phone. Uh, oh wait, well, let me uh, let me just see what we got here. Let me see if um, I can pull it up. Yeah, kind of a last second thing. Uh, sorry. I don't know if underdog lets you actually look at the lines if you don't log into your account because I know that. Some similar platforms do let you do that. I'm not sure if Underdog does let you. Uh, but honestly, in the meantime, I actually might as well f- try to find a price for Wemby blocks yeah. because I can uh, uh, I, I I can pull this up. So um, Underdog does have a special today where you can take LeBron James higher or lower half of point. Okay. So you could put that. We'll go ahead and put that one in, and then we can. Uh, no, nah, but that's maybe cheating. Put it, that, that's put cheating. in Chet. Yeah, I like the Chet blocks. I I like Wemby blocks. Honestly, I think that's a good spot for him as well. Uh, but I'm not seeing Chet blocks on underdog okay. right now. 
So do you want to start off with something relatively uh, basic? I mean, what's job points at for underdog? Uh, let's see. Ja. Oh, uh, we have Ja at 30 and a half points. 30 and a half points. Uh, it's a yeah. little, uh, it's, it's pretty high. It's such a bad deal at that. Point. We have him. Uh, he got uh 45 and a half points, rebounds and assists. Um, okay. That one's not as bad. Uh, well, we'll start off with a prop that you potentially like. Do you want to go DeRozan? Over 21 and a half? Yeah, let's see what he's... Or higher than 21 and a half? Yeah. Uh, he's at 22 and a half on here. What do you think? Is that... It's always annoying uh, when they add a point. When you handicap a certain line and there's just not the line available to you. All right. You want to go ahead and... I'll just start with DeRozan higher. 22 and a half? Sure. That's fine. Against his former team. Right. I think he shows up for that one. Uh, I like shape All points, right. so I'm curious how tall that number is going to be, but I think he probably drops 35 in that spot. Uh, okay. Uh... I'm still trying to find an alt line on uh, Wemby blocks. Unfortunately, most books have cut it off at three. They're going to open it up to like, three and a half at some point. But... You like Shea, 32 and a half points? Yeah, I think he goes or... I think he goes. I think he goes higher than that number. Okay, uh, one more. You want to uh, check out any, Wemby? Any props that caught your eye initially? Um, Do you want to go Wemby rebounds? Wemby rebounds thirteen and a half. Sure. Yeah, it's like twenty that. in the first meter. All right, so we've got. Uh, DeMar DeRozan over 20 or higher 22 and a half points. Uh, Wemba Yama higher 13 and a half rebounds and Gogus Alexander higher 32 and a half points. That for a hundred bucks will uh, win you $600. So there you go. hundred dollar entry. All right. Thanks so much, everybody for sticking with us through this eight game slate. Uh, thank you so much, Scott, for sticking with me. Uh, sorry if I was a little, uh, off tonight, no, my first all. time hosting in oh, a no. long today, uh, a long time. So everybody will be back tomorrow. Same time, same channel. So, uh, look forward to, uh, seeing you then and let it ride. Basketball, get it, get it, get me the ball because I'm gonna